Well, guys, what is going on? This is Brian Sumner. Welcome to the Foolishness Podcast. This is early morning for me, but I'm going to be joined in a second by my good friend from way across the country. And But just thanks for tuning in, hanging out. You know, I get these messages all week from so many people from my past or new listeners, and I feel like this podcast is really catching people that were either in the church and distanced or those who were just like, what are those Christians about? Or just good friends of mine who are like, I want to see what Brian and whichever guest is up to. And that's the heart of it. The heart is that we be sharing about Jesus. We be encouraging people. And the goal is just as I encounter people, run into people, whatever God is doing in their life that we can pull some verses out of, we can encourage and challenge you. We can hear what God is doing around the world. And to me, that's what encourages me. We are the church. We are on mission. God is doing amazing things throughout his body worldwide. And if we can use a Zoom or an Instagram post or whatever it may be to share that with people, then praise God. So today I'm going to invite him on, Mr. Mark Cook. He's the leader, overseer, visionary for the Ride Nature Ministry. More importantly, though, he'll tell you he is a husband, a father, um, he's tattooed up the sleeves. He's good at all kinds of different sports. We'll tell you he's not an expert in any. And um, But we are close enough after decades of friendship that we're just going to jump in, hang out, and I know we're going to be encouraged. So what is going on? How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm, a, I'm an avid listener of the Foolishness Podcast. Okay, wow. So it's, it's humbling to uh, to be a guest, man. Thank you for having me on here. You're saying it's it's humbling for our listeners. If I spun my my laptop around, my wife is starting homeschool and there's literally the kitchen table, all her books, the cats running around and like some (laughs) melted chocolate in this 102 heat. So this is not a big production. I mean, you're running. You've got some picture frames in the back that look like they're missing the pictures. Well, you know, this is some kind of art that my wife and my daughter, I don't know exactly what it is, but you know, (laughs) I I just, you know me, I'm simple. I'm the like, $10 $10 Target shirt who, you know, yeah. experienced the world in skating. And I'm just thankful for what God's doing. But but anyway, Florida. what well, yeah, time is it for you? You're over there in Florida? It, yeah, we're in Florida. It's only it's 11 in the morning. So okay. it's a little before lunch. So it's, it's now uh, lower for you. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and we can just listen, please take over. And we're close enough friends. Most people on here do already, unless it's some professor or whatever. And they think I'm all serious. But I really want our listeners to be encouraged because your life has been directed by missions. I mean, who your spouse is, um, how your kids see you. You guys are crazy. There's always stuff going on around the world, sending the next generation. It's amazing to see. We know it's the Lord, but the Lord works through people. So just to, to jump in, ride nature. What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Man, the Lord has always made me, I think, as a, as a kid, and I've always been a visionary and a dreamer, and mm-hmm. a big thinker. And uh, But for most of my life, it was always about me. You know, I was always kind of thinking about myself. But in, in 2009, my wife and I had just got married. Mm-hmm. We had a heart, really, that God was stirring to do full-time missions and to share the gospel and do ministry in some context. And um, the Lord put the vision on our heart of using action sports Mm-hmm. Anything from surfing, skating, wakeboarding, snowboarding, um, really as a tool for evangelism globally. And yeah. so Right Nature, we're uh, an action sports mission organization. So as you would think of a mission organization, sending short-term mission teams, 
um, sending long-term missionaries. We haven't done that a, a ton, but we're really moving in the direction of doing that more. Um, mm-hmm. We are we are a mission organization saying, man, we're committed to fulfilling the Great Commission, to making disciples to the ends of the earth. Yep. But action sports is the is the strategy in which we are going about accomplishing that, recognizing that it's a it's an amazing tool that yeah. God has given us. Um, our friends, I have some some friends that do snowboard ministry, and they they use the language toys toys to tools, you know, mm, yeah. and it, it really is a toy. Uh, skateboard, a bike, a, a snowboard, you know, something that you just do to have fun, but, but that they're incredible tools that you can use to connect with people, to build relationships, to enter, mm. uh, exchange the gospel or, or share the gospel. And, um, and so that's who we are. Uh, yeah. It was, it was founded in 2009. So we are coming up on 13 <laughs> years. This November will be 13 years since we've started the ministry. And it's crazy, man. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, well, I just want to, you know, I like when people are saying stuff because I, I qualify everything in my head. But even when you're saying, you know, we've only done a few of these, Mark is not saying they've only done a few areas of ministry. Yeah. They have been rampant and diligent yeah. for decades. I would I mean, I could say 13 years, but already prior to that, people are constantly sent places to support, to have yeah. impact, to do amazing things. It isn't just some folks with some backpacks. Hey, we're in another nation. What's happening. It's totally. so intentional. Yeah. But when you said only a certain few of these things, yeah. the vision has kind of gotten bigger it because is. now what you're seeing, which, which let me just encourage everyone with this, maybe two or three decades ago, is it someone like Paul Anderson? We had Mike Doyle on the other week. And these were younger men back then, not that they're older, they're listening now, but younger men who just simply said, hey, my buddies all skate, my friends surf, someone snowboards, whatever we do, we're all hanging out. Let's start hanging out, doing what we like and and make it about Jesus, which it's all about Jesus because it's all made about him. But they kind of pioneered the way and you and I could sit here for an hour and list amazing ministries for, like I said, the past two decades. Wow. These guys were doing it. Then the internet came out. Then people started seeing what they were doing. I came to faith and just said, oh, this is Christianity. You can have Christian events. I can go speak as, you know, this cheesy pro skater who wrote for Tony Hawk. Sure, Lord, I'll do mm-hmm. that. Here's you as a young kid. And you've got, and you know, and I got to affirm this. I couldn't do what you're doing. I, I see leadership skills in people. And taking on that much is too much for me. Sure. You know me, you know, Brian, you're crazy. You'll just go, you're wild. And Brian, do this. I'll fly in and do it. But you have crafted this like other people God made just like you to do this. Ride Nature has been doing this for, yeah. I keep saying decades, because, you know, Not it almost. is more than just one. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's hundreds of people. It's it hundreds of countries. But it's, what um, you're saying is it's going deeper now. You're, you're seeing yeah. something maybe everyone doesn't understand, which is, which is what I caught last week when we hung out. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I'll just say this, man, that um, one of the hopes, in, well, this is definitely the hope and desire of what we're doing is like Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, so that your light shine before others. So that they'll see your good deeds and glorify the father is mm-hmm. that um, the, the way, the gift that God has, has made me, yeah. I think is being this visionary and this person who has been able to kind of see this through fruition, but man, it's only because of the Lord that we've been able to do everything. It's like yeah. nothing um, has happened in the last 13 years because we have just in our own strength been like, Oh dude, we're just going to make it happen. Yeah. And, and in some ways, man, I'm, I'm convicted because, and, and not convicted, but striving for that even more because in my own strength, I think I am able to get things done. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 
just yeah. grind and hustle and, and just you know <laughs> white knuckle my way through life. And, and I'm just reminded that like, I don't want to be doing ministry for God rather than doing ministry yeah. with God. And, 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 and really, yeah. I think the hope and prayer is that the testament of us making it this far and the work that God has done has been from our desire, really, you know, yeah. from the very beginning, trying to hold, like have this heart posture of like, dude, right nature is not ours, you know, by yeah. any means. And, and holding it out with open hands saying, Lord, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, we're willing to be used. And, and I really have from the very beginning mm-hmm. had the desire of saying, look, if this thing's going to be around for a long time, yeah, I don't want it to be about me. I yeah. want to elevate the people around me and to, to, to try to stay in the shadows and yeah. empower others because I, I want it to be a legacy that long surpasses, you know, my involvement. And if God calls my yeah. family and I to move to Pakistan to be missionaries, it's like, I don't want right nature to die, you know? So yeah, it has been, it has been amazing, man. And, and it has grown. You had said this that about the vision growing. Like um, I grew up in a Christian home. We would do the Operation Christmas Child boxes every year. We yeah. pack these little shoe boxes with Samaritan's Purse. And I would I would put like, I, I literally at one, one Christmas, I put my Michael Jordan jersey in the box. Like I gave it to some <laughs> kid. I don't even know. So there's some kid in another country at some point. Hopefully he's still, he's still wearing it. But he's got an $8,000 Michael Jordan jersey. No, dude, it was like a, it was like a cheap one. But but I, I remember just growing up being excited about this idea of generosity, you know? And even as a young kid, my parents had instilled this idea in us of like, Man, that we need to share our things and give to other people. But mm. the thing that, um, as I got older, that got me most excited about was the opportunity that that gift played in the lives of these kids, that these kids that received these gifts don't only receive this Christmas pot, you know, box with these yeah. gifts, but they received the, a Bible and discipleship and the opportunity to, to learn about the Lord. And so when we first started Right Nature, it mm. was really modeling that same vision of saying, man, let's bring skateboards yeah. into other countries let's bring surfboards into places and, and my wife and i we went on our honeymoon to the dominican republic mm-hmm. and we we stayed there for a little over a week and we surfed a few days and and every day that i surfed i would go out in the morning and i paddle out and there'd be little kids that would watch and they weren't even watching because i was good they were just watching because they didn't have a surfboard well, of course and, you were bad no and, <laughs> and, yeah and and so it's like in hindsight i'm like dude i'm kind of a jerk that i didn't like ask them if they wanted to surf you know instead i just surfed by myself but but I think subliminally, you know, it it was planting these seeds of like, there are kids all around the world who will never get the opportunity to own a skateboard or to Mm -hmm. surf in the ocean. And and if they have those boards, it would be free, you know, it doesn't cost anything. And so when we started Right Nature, we were like, dude, let's, let's just get boards in the hands of kids. And through that gift, we have their attention. We can say, hey, man, like, we're going to give you this gift. It's free. You're not going to earn it, work for it. You don't deserve it. Mm. um you know like you, it's just a free gift but let us tell you about this gift that's a billion times better than the skateboard yeah that will you know like sooner or later that board's gonna break the circle is gonna get stolen <laughs> and, and so we were able to kind of model this this operation christmas child model with skateboards and surfboards and and we we really started like that and our focus was in these third world countries and you know yeah. our slogan you know We'd always use the words to the ends of the earth from Acts 1 to 8 when Jesus is talking yeah. to the disciples. But, um, wow. you know, we, uh, we were really <laughs> saying, we were using this, our mission statement was to bring board sports or action sports and the gospel to kids living in yeah. poverty. And then we were like, well, what about the kids that don't live in poverty? Like, they, we don't do any ministry with them. And, and so it started to just kind of shift and change. And, and, mm. uh, and even still, like, uh, 
like generosity is one of the pillars of what we're doing. But yeah. As an organization, it's really just to share the gospel, make disciples. And, and we would even probably say that, that sharing the gospel is a part of making disciples. So it's like, all yeah, just discipleship, you know, and, and you said so many good triggers then. And the first thing, you know, and again, a lot of our listeners might not be in church. They could be mad at the church. They could be people who are bouncing around all the rest of it. And um, you said it's all the Lord. And I need people to hear this as a 43 year old, you know, dad. And I know you can affirm this guys. It's all Jesus. It's Jesus. How we're able to turn on the podcast, how we're able to give away a skateboard, do whatever, but we are his vessels. Do not take yourself out of the picture. I just finished preaching through Second Timothy. It'll probably go up right after this episode. I'm going to edit through it probably later today. But Paul was talking about himself being poured out. He talks about us being letters read by all. So for Mark to say, okay, I'm this young man. Praise God that that simple box, you know, with him. And I'm saying $8,000 jersey because by now, if it still exists, you put that thing on eBay, you know what I mean? Maybe get it signed by Michael himself. But just that idea of giving something away, interacting, someone receiving. And I remember as a kid in school, way before I was a believer, picturing that little box you give away of, you know, whatever it is, some kid somewhere with, you know, a funky blue shirt on and ripped shorts on some like kind of island getting this like, wow, someone out there is thinking of me. So that's the idea and the ride nature. Again, people, it's just riding nature. It's living (laughs) on top of God's green earth or wherever people are. And it's a point of contact. So this is all going. We've been around all these ministries and you went after it with zeal. That's where the name comes from, you know, ride nature. But how did it begin to unfold? How do you go from this idea to, is it showing up at events and having a little booth? Is it connecting with churches? How so, do these things happen? It's fun. It's fun talking about it, man, because it brings yeah. back your memories. But I, I come home from work and I tell my wife about this and she's like, wow, like she's like, you want to start a nonprofit, like start a ministry. <laughs> and I was like, I think we're supposed to. And so we kept working for maybe six months while we were kind of like trying to figure out what, what we do. And in that six months, um, I had a friend whose brother was living in Nicaragua. And actually, I just got back from Nicaragua on Monday, uh, yeah. two days ago, and oh, was man. just down there. And, and this buddy of mine, Chris, was living down there. And so I talked to Cody. He connects me with Chris. And I talked to Chris. And I said, hey, man, like, we have this idea. Like, it's just a concept, right? I Like, we're, we're, we're thinking it's what we're supposed to do. And Chris is like, bro, you should come down here. He said, there are hundreds of kids here who none of them own surfboards. Um, all of them, All of them know how to surf but none of them have it on board. And so we put together a trip of like nine of us and we brought down like 16 surfboards and like 50 skateboards. Wow. And, um, and we connected with the church that was in this community just to say like, Hey, we don't, we, you know, you're going to be on the ground long after we are. Yeah. So we connect with these kids and we bring these kids boards and we can get them plugged in. And, and, uh, Bro, it went over so well. Like yeah. we were there for a week. We served these kids. We did a skate contest and a surf contest. We we showed to we showed the uh, the Jesus film. It was like this is before foolishness or anything. Yeah. I remember film. this. You told me this story. Yeah. Old school, you know. We showed this film. The kids didn't weren't really stoked on it, but they came and they watched it. You know. Was he white? Was it white Jesus? Probably so. Yeah. But it was the most watched film in the world at that time. Oh, it still is because it still is. it's been shown in jungles. I mean, people have rolled out, totally. you know, who knows what, and just played it for people. Totally. So yeah. we show this film, and we're like, all right, we none of us speak good Spanish, you know, so we'll use this too. And 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 really, the church, you know, the overwhelming response was from everyone we talked to, any Christians in the city, they were like, man, these kids are the kids that we've never been able to reach. They're not interested in church. They don't show up to any events. 
We've never been able to share the gospel with them. And I came back from that, that trip and I was like, man, if this is one little community in one country, you know, in one continent, one like, trip, yeah, the, one trip, you know, I'm like, the harvest is so plentiful. And I came back and I was like, Shannon, I think I have to quit my job. Like, I think this is too big of a thing to just do as a hobby. <laughs> and, and so she was like, all right, you know, and so we, um, that summer, this was like six months after. Thank you, school, Shannon, for letting him yeah, quit his job. <laughs> totally, dude. She was, she was working as a substitute teacher and we were living on like, $15,000 a year, you know, barely scraping by. And um, that summer we filed for a nonprofit status. We, we spent our own money, man. It's almost 2000 bucks, you know, to become a nonprofit. We did yeah. all the paperwork. We, we paid someone to help us build a website. And then real early on, man, the Lord started convicting me. I'm reading, we're using this phrase to the ends of the earth, you know, yeah. like that. And, and really when Shannon and I were dating, I had heard, I had grown up snowboarding and I had heard about Japan. And I had always heard about Japan for snowboarding, you know, it's like this happy yeah. place and you see it in all the snowboard films. Um, but I heard, I heard that Japan had less than 3% Christians in the entire country. And so when we started dating, she had already known that she was like, man, like we were talking, she was like, I think it'd be really awesome someday to be missionaries. And I was like, what if we were missionaries in Japan? She's like, I've heard about Japan. It's, we're just talking about Japan. And so our, mm. our hope for the ministry always was to literally go to the places that no one else was going, you know, go to the ends. Well, I'm reading one day again in Acts, and Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And yeah. I was like, man, we, are, we have this desire to go to the ends of the earth, but we're not going to the places that are right here, you know? And so I would go to the yeah. skate park to skate with the kids. And I would, of course, you know, like try to have conversations, but I started feeling like this need. I was like, man, I need to go consistently to the skate park. And so yeah. this would have been in 2010, so 12 years um, and you mean locally to the local park locally, as well right as right in my own town. We were living in, in Naples, Florida, and I was like, I'm gonna go to the skate park. And I just started asking kids, I said, Hey, if we did a Bible study, would you come? And there were like three kids that I had kind of already known, and they were like, Yeah, we would come to Bible study. And so we started this Bible study. I picked up Little Caesar's Pizza 12 years ago, bring it in, and um, and like three kids come to this Bible study. And the next week, maybe the same three kids, the next week. It was four kids. And after like maybe two months, we had like 10 kids coming and it was so raw and simple. Like we would just mm -hmm. sit at the end of the skate park, eat pizza. And, and literally I would just ask them questions and we'd talk about what the Bible says, you know, from, from mm -hmm. how do you get to heaven to who is Jesus? Why do we pray? And, and, and we would do these little five or 10 minute Bible studies. And, and then I started realizing, I was just like, dude, this is only one skate park in my city. We had four skate parks in our town. And then 30 minutes where we had another <laughs> skate park. And, then another, and so I'm starting to feel this burden, right? Of like, dude, there is so many kids that no one's probably doing this with them. And, and so we started advertising. I started putting on social media. I was like, hey, we need some interns. And I don't even know why we called them interns, but I was like, this, this long ago, this is how fast you were thinking this, huh? All right. Like, this we is need some interns to go. And here's just for those who are listening saying, you know, is everyone through seminary? Where are you guys? You know, you're young in the faith in a sense. You totally. guys knew the Bible enough. You were raised in it. You could open it. I mean, back totally. in the day in Liverpool, if you would have been at the skate park, all the questions I would have asked, yeah. with the exception of, you know, the gap theory and maybe this exact breakdown of the Nephilim Genesis yeah. 6, you could have answered those questions. Sure. Most Christians actually can. Totally. So you're just like, okay, the jobs quit. We're a nonprofit. This is <laughs> one skate park. This is one country. 
I need totally. interns. And this is asking the Lord. This is literally totally. for praying. I'm just like, I just am feeling this weight of like, harvest <laughs> is plentiful, right? Like I'm literally like, dude, there's so many opportunities. And I'm like, it's just me. My wife is working. She's not really, even, she, she kind of could skate, you know, but I didn't know any other Christians in my community that were skateboarders, you uh -huh. know, like there were some people I knew. So we started praying and I post this up on social media. And then in January, we've got three dudes who moved. They had all just graduated college. They all actually went to the same college that I graduated from. Wow. And they had, they had known of me. Dude, I had a horrible reputation at school. I was a bad kid through college. I had, you know, like I just, I was, a, I was an idiot, you know, and, um and so these already these kids are kind of blown away that now i'm like walking with the lord and like i'm starting this christian ministry i think they were kind of taken back and so like they the apostle out, paul yeah totally you know and they they're like hey um i'm like we can't pay you in fact you're gonna have to like raise money to pay for your own housing and to live here but i was like you got to be full-time like this has to be something that you're all in on and i was like i want you guys to pray about coming for a whole year and all three of them committed a whole year and they came and it was really in that season that it started to grow because it was like went from one just me to four of us and and i just mm. you know it was so organic dude it was it was it was discipleship because we were doing life together and these were young guys just maybe three years younger than me yeah um, it's not even that the, i was like way more of a you know strong believer but it was that we were just all committed to serving so this would have been in 2011 now yeah. and um and then that year we went to mexico to peru back to nicaragua um and and the lord just continued to affirm and so it became this thing where like all right this is definitely gonna grow you know the momentum so, here yeah. it's happening yeah yeah we we started raising a little bit more money it was like maybe twenty thousand bucks we raised the second year barely anything but it was enough to where we bought like a 15 passenger van and now we've got you know like we started renting this house and the guys were chipping in to help pay for rent and, and it just meant it just started to continue it has been mm. this long steady trajectory of a little bit of growth every single year we went from us four yeah. those guys finished out that time we brought on another staff. We had two more interns, and 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 now, you know, looking. Well, at say it, this: I want people to hear. I don't want people yeah. to miss this, where they just think you're just some guy hanging out there. Yeah, you had like a little house that they all lived at, and yeah, so, I went out there before, and it yeah. wasn't just like oh, a bunch of dudes sitting around drinking Mountain Dew. I mean, these are people that are getting up in the morning. You know, nothing wrong with Mountain Dew. I mean, actually, there probably is actually, but yeah. um. They're getting up in the morning, doing their own Bible study. They've just gone through puberty. don't have a wife yet. They're just figuring out who they are. Totally. Um, and, and, and jump back into this story. But how many interns would you say from then till now yeah. have been through the program? Just almost, so whoever's listening. Yeah, yeah. Almost 100. Yeah. So we've almost 100 young people. In fact, yeah. at the end of this podcast, whoever's watching, yeah. I'll walk you out. We're in our offices now. But yep. we, one of the guys that came, we met him that second year in Costa Rica on a mission trip. His name was Yamil, and he was like, dude, I really want to be a part of Right Nature. And so we were like, bro, let's help you get a visa. You can come to America and do this internship program. And so we gave him, we gave him, it was like 200 bucks. He got approved. He moved to the States and, and he spent a whole year with us. And at the end of his, at the end of his time, he took one of his skate decks and he said, hey man, I'm going to leave this board so that you guys will remember me. He's like, I'm gonna hang it up in the office or I'm gonna hang it up in the house so that you guys remember me. And from that point on, it created mm -hmm. this, this pattern where every person who's come and then they, at the end of their time or whenever God calls them somewhere else, they'll leave a skate egg and I'll show you. Here, I walk, I walk wow, around. Yeah, do it. And, I, and for those who don't watch on YouTube, yeah, Mark is in the office. I mean, there's the coffee machine, there's some toilet paper and tissues. Yeah. 
So, okay, so wow. you can see this. This is Yamil right here. Um, wow. If you can kind of see this. So, so we went back and we, we got boards for the guys at the beginning, yep. but it, it's gone this entire row. Mm -hmm. And then we, and then we went down to the second row and then now it's gone over to this wall. So we have this whole top row and then the bottom row here again. And then now it's bled over to this section here. Wow. And this space over here. And then we've got a stack of decks in this other office over here that we've got to still find space for. Yeah. And, um, and like you said, this is this, this is the offices we're above. Hey guys, please let me just tell you, this is like beautiful offices. I mean, put together. There was a couple of interns working in the back. I'm just saying this because I'm kind of like a one-man show. I just support what people are doing. But this is what Mark and the crew are doing full time. There's not a day that goes by that I don't get something on my feed or a message about some kind of ministry doing something. I know there's many of us, and I say you guys out there, but Ride Nature has consistently done this. So you've got all these interns, things are growing, and you've got the nonprofit. So then, I mean, because I've been to Costa Rica before, I actually would love to. My daughter's kind of obsessed with Japan, and we've never been. Yeah. I mean, I've been years ago. But I'm like, I could go somewhere like that, be there for a week yeah. and a half, take her to experience that. Maybe that's where she even goes deeper with the Lord. Totally. But I get to also be there and just, you know, be encouraged by the place. So, yeah. Totally. So then you have intense and this starts unfolding. But help people understand, too, because, I mean, right away, you know, I did the foolishness movie. You guys took a load of that with other yeah. ministries, put out this whole thing. Francis Chan got involved. I wish I could run in the other room, but people are sleeping. You sent me this amazing book that Ride Nature put out recently to recap the history. Yeah. Just unpack some of the things that have kind of been, you know, markers yeah, for man. you guys as a as a nonprofit. Yeah. So I think I think we recognize what you had done with foolishness and um and that's Brian the movie, by the way, not the podcast, but the film yeah, you yeah. put out. Yeah. Yep. An amazing skate film, like Dude, incredible gospel presentation. We still continue to use it today to mm. share with people. Brian Jennings at the time was making a bunch of surf, Christian surf films. Yep. Um, no one really had made a wakeboard film, a Christian wakeboard film. And there had been a few Christian snowboard films. Joel Parker, who is yep. in Southern California, was running Nations Foundation. They were making uh, snowboard films. And, and we actually started working with Brian Jennings to translate um, help translate one of the walking on water films into Spanish because we were going to these Latin American countries. Yeah. And then we were like, well, dude, no skaters are going to watch a surf film. You know, yeah. they maybe don't have this interest. We're too cool. Yeah. I had yeah. I reached out to you and I said, and, and I also reached out to a few of these other guys. And I said, what if we tried to create a project where we just kind of meshed all, a bunch of action sports together, mainly yeah. so that we could create this universal tool that could kind of cross over the boundaries and it could be shown at a skate event or a surf contest or a weight contest. And so, and then mainly because we were like, we want to take this project and translate it into other languages. Yeah. We've got to translate five different films or four different films. It's going to become a lot of work, you know? And so we linked up with you. Mm -hmm. we, we got in touch with Francis Chan. Francis is like, dude, I'm in. Um, he, he was kind of like the main narrator voice in the project. And in and, and hindsight, man, it was the first media project we ever did. Like, there's a lot of things if I could do different, I'd go back and kind of change <laughs> But, but like Switchfoot donated music. John Foreman was real stoked on the project and they gave us the rights to a couple songs and, and it was just cool, man. And, yeah. and what we realized is, and we already had known this going into this, is that media was just such a powerful tool. We put it out and because it had Hasoy and Bethany yeah. Hamilton and Hob, the Hobgoods and, yeah. you know, like Kelly Clark, who is like the Olympic snowboarder, you know, and Jim Rippey, who's a legend in, in snowboarding and yep. all these sports together. Dude, we put it on, on YouTube 
And, and I'm not kidding you to this day, it still is getting watched. It's had collectively between all the resources over a million views. Wow. And it's been watched by people in over a hundred different countries. And yep. we're like, dude, this is insane. And, and so really right away, we were like, dude, media, whether it's written or mm-hmm. uh, in print or video, it's just this incredible tool to share the gospel and to capture audiences. And so we yeah. started kind of getting this heart for film and we started getting better and, um, and so since then we've done we've done some other film projects. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing this annual printed magazine, and um, which is a lot of work. And we're we're figuring out we're like, man, this is like doing quality media, like a lot of production. Yeah, it is, you know. And and but but like I would say like like we have this high level of of what we are pursuing as far as excellence. Like we don't want to put out stuff, especially yeah. for any listeners. Like the action sports community is so creative. And everything they do is so top notch that as Christians, like if we're like, man, we want to have any influence in this industry. Like we need to be competitive in that world, and we can't mm-hmm. just come in and kind of like you half-heartedly do things. And so we're we're trying our best on on a pretty minimal budget, you know, to create yeah. high quality content. And um, and what do you think? I thought you were going to say when you said the action sports industry is so cr- <laughs> critical because. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, criticize everything, tear it all Absolutely. down. And so it's true totally. in a sense. And, and, you know, here's where I error. I'm kind of the guy that's like, people heard of me enough back then. So when they go to some event, like, you know, this movement event coming up in October, yeah. oh, here's Brian, you know, what's that funny looking goatee thing on his face? What's he talking about? I'm the guy that's like, when I'm sharing the gospel, they're going to be like, no way, look what God's done. And I almost don't have the bandwidth to be like, you know, am I 15 pounds lighter? Is the background better? Is it the most produced um, podcast? But where you're going to get someone to pick that thing up or to watch this or to do that, it is the logos and the things that catches people. It is that level. But also, Mark, you're wired that way. You know, you're not fussy when you're around you where you're like, you know, Mr. GQ or something. I'm not bashing all that, but there's a humility in it. But you are saying to actually go into that world they are critiquing everything. That's not what yeah. wins people, but that's again a point of contact. So, what's ride nature? Oh, I mean, you know, you're you're, you're longtime friends with Jamie Thomas, who's very like that because he puts himself under the microscope. You know, every trick, refilming this, a graphic. I'm just saying that to people to help gauge how some people might operate. You mentioned yeah. Switchfoot. I don't think they're trying to put out, you know, off-key music or whatever. Definitely, so, yeah. But the heart of it all is getting it out there. And so it's been 13 years. You must have had some crazy interactions with all these different people, whether secular or not. You did some work in the film, media. Where has it been going in the last... Like, like what I guess you'd say is what are some of the blind spots or where? what did you yeah. learn, what you wish you hadn't yeah, yeah, done, yeah. just, you know? <laughs> well, man, so, so in... In that season, my wife yeah. and I have our first daughter. We have three daughters. Man, I, I, I just came back. I just actually made a post last night on social media with a picture of me with the kids. Of, I'm just like, man, how how blessed and happy I am. I love being a dad. And it's the greatest blessing. And before our, our first daughter, who's seven, um, her name is Ellis, before she was born, I was traveling all the time, dude. Like yeah. I was on all these trips. We went from like three or four trips a year. At one point, we were doing like 12 trips a year out of the country and um in your and, 20s and, that works but when you get yeah to like, exactly yeah and so I, ellis is born when i'm 30 years old and i'm like dude i'm not gonna i'm not gonna keep traveling like this i can't leave my wife and newborn baby and so i had to step into this season of more of a, a delegation and, and equip and power facilitator 
totally and just start to facilitate and I still I still travel a little bit but not as much and um, in that season we started to see more growth as we started to release people to lead and um, and God is sending the right people to work alongside the ministry yeah even now like we have we have a team today that's in Orlando setting up for this big trade show called trade show called the surf expo um we've got mission trips that are happening we were, right before this conversation i was on a conversation with two of our staff about a trip in november to india that i'm not going to have any part in they're going from india into pakistan it's like there's stuff happening and it's it's me starting to pull back and be less involved and um and then and then also what what has happened is in the last 13 years and, and well two things after about 11 or 12 years man i just started feeling pretty overwhelmed of like we it's just, we were going so far doing so many things. Yeah. And, um, and so I had went to our board of directors, which are really just a group of men that are just like, you know, keeping me in check and making sure I'm being a good husband and father. But they believe in the vision. They have passion. Totally. They want to see it succeed. Men. That's who you, for those doing this, get some people who aren't just business people who can state what's right. They are like, we care about you totally. and you're worn out. You're tired. Hey, you're talking about totally. this a little too much. Okay. So you so, went to so- them. I go to them and I say, Hey man, I think I've I've heard of this phrase sabbatical, you know, this break. And I say, Hey, I think it'd be really, it'd be really fruitful for our family to really just take a little break for a season, just to try to ask the Lord, like, okay, God, what is the next season of growth? Where are we going? Like we know Mm -hmm. we're going to keep leading mission trips and keep giving boards away and keep sharing the gospel. And at that point, this would have been in 2020, right before the pandemic um, hit, we were doing four Bible studies in our local community at skate parks every single week. Yeah. We were doing, uh, we had a local cable park, like a wakeboard park that we were doing Bible studies every other Saturday, twice a month. We were taking kids on surf trips every single month. We were doing homeless ministry. We were doing all this local stuff. And I was like, we can keep, you know, our hand to the plow with local ministry. We can yeah. keep doing short-term trips internationally, working with partners. But I just really felt God was calling us into something deeper. And so the board is like, totally, you should definitely take a break. So we have staff that kind of step up. I, I take a break for three months and my wife and I just kind of step away from everything. Just dude, I read like 10 books in three months, spend a ton of time praying and reading and just asking the Lord, like, all right, God, like, <laughs> what do you have for us? And, and I came out of there with this new vision of, of where we feel like God is calling us to long-term. And man, it has been such an exciting season because it has almost like reignited this flame of excitement mm-hmm. for us that, uh, what had happened was we had developed relationships with so many leaders around the world. Yeah. Um, we had contacts in 60 different countries. We had visited 30 of those countries. Yeah. Um, we had 30 countries we hadn't even set foot in, but we had leaders that we were talking on Zoom or you know FaceTime calls with that, that our time was getting spread thinner and thinner. And we had just such all the relationships, they were growing, yeah. but they were getting more shallow. And, and so we started to talk and pray about this idea of what would it look like to not have everything based out of Southwest Florida, but start to establish other locations in the world with the same model of saying, we're going to commit locally to serve yeah. that we're rooted out of, but we're going to use that as a way to bring people in and train them on how to do the same thing in their community. Yep. But we don't have to do all of that in, in Southwest Florida. Yeah. And, um, and so in 2020, we launched a headquarters in Nicaragua, which was where I just was full-time facility, two, two buildings, housing for staff and interns, a location to serve out of the community in. 
And, um, and, yeah. and really the, the staff and the team there are focused on doing everything we're doing, but just for Latin America and any Spanish speaking country, you know, they're creating, they're taking all the content we create, they're putting it into Spanish and they're taking wow. it. And, and really, if any listeners know of any Latin American people, the discipleship program we decided early on is that most countries in Latin America are pretty, are pretty poor or like there's not a lot of resources. And so the program is 100% free. We fundraise everything for it. The, any leader coming from Latin America just has to get there and we cover all their housing, all their food, wow. all their program fees, whatever's involved. Um, and they get to live in this community, serve locally <laughs> in that community, be discipled. And, um, and, and this is honestly, I think maybe, I mean, maybe our reach is not as big as we think it is, Yeah. but, but even now that we have open spaces and I think it's, that is even a testimony of itself is that dude, there's not a lot of server skaters who are hungry to be discipled. Yeah. So, so we're saying, okay, we got to just keep evangelizing so that we can at least catch, you know, cast this net of the gospel. Catch 3% of people that actually go into full-time ministry. Totally. I mean, I've been preaching through, through Acts. And again, I'm bringing up Paul and his letters to Timothy. And even some of the notes I was taking, I knew we could just get on here. And, and I hope our listeners realize just how on top of all these details mark is i mean the exact numbers people not just throwing them around i hear this all the time you know he came into town about a week and a half ago we sat at a coffee shop i don't think we'd seen each other in person for probably like a good few years i've been out to florida at times and that's fine that's how we do stuff we're always busy with ministry we interact online i'm talking about all our brothers and sisters in the faith in that sense but there was a clear vision like hey we've been on this side of the coast and here's the thing that stuck out a minute ago it is hard to release things for someone like me that can write a book. I'm writing that book. So that's me. But if I was leading and overseeing, I'm like, Lord, I'm just entrusting. If I was the guy before you, I'm entrusting this to Mark. And what we've got to realize people, pastors, and they know this probably better than I do and believers is that God is gifted people. And if you don't let people step into those roles, you're not going to see that gift come forth. When someone says, how do I figure out what I'm meant to do? Start doing whatever you can do for the Lord. Start serving somewhere. People will say, well, how do I meet a spouse? Go stack the chairs at church. And if she's stacking them with you or she's watching, that might be a start. So the mission trip, all these things are happening. And, and really what you're saying is, for one, you're a husband first. You're a dad before that. You can be a full-on evangelist going to kindergarten or going to the supermarket. That is just as an important ministry. Please hear that, people. I don't really repeat myself immediately after I say something, but being in the supermarket is a massive ministry. And witnessing the, you know, your tax person is a massive ministry. You're saying... We're going around the world now. You're planning people. You can do more of the administration from where you are. So how is this all currently unfolded? Because the last thing I think we really said that kind of triggered even it's time for us to connect was you're not, and I'll throw myself under the bus in the right way. Guys, I am someone that Mark might say, Brian, come in and speak. I don't go to places where there really isn't a church or ministry because if I go out in the woods and, you know, witness to whoever that is in some other nation, he might hear that. But if there's no way of interacting, it doesn't go anywhere. And that's just Bible 101. You know, God radically saved the Apostle Paul, who gave us 13, maybe 14 of the epistles. He knew his stuff. He was there at the stoning of Stephen. I mean, he's repentant about that. They're together in heaven today. Amen. But that man took the gospel 
It went to the Gentiles. And that same witness has been going, and you quoted it, Acts 1.8, to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. So that is all that is happening. And you said something else again. I'm going to say it. Please hear this, people. The harvest is always ripe. I've thought it many times. Well, Lord, what if we got a big jumbo trying to witness to the whole world and loads came to faith? Wouldn't the harvest not be ripe? No, there's always work to do. There's always people to love. There's always a ride nature to be birthed or a foolishness podcast to listen to. I'm, I'm staring people up with this to say, this is all going on. You're how old now? 30? 37. 37. So, 38. so yeah, still younger. I feel like we hit 40, 43. Like I am like, okay, we're looking towards 50. But so you got the Nicaragua office, you're doing the West Coast stuff. And I don't normally talk about just a ministry, yeah. but really the ministry is the heart of this. You know what I mean? So talking about focus on the family. Last time we talked, you're talking about even coming to the West Coast. What what kind of yeah. thoughts were stared up in what I just said? You know, what do you want to well, say yeah, about that? Totally, man. And 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 for the listener, like, dude, I'm I'm someone who's still just trying to be obedient in every yeah. walk of my life. You know, yeah. the, the, <laughs> this is just a small part of that. You know, like, I uh, I go home and still have to be faithful. You know, as okay. as being just present with my kids and and Jamie Jamie Thomas has become a good friend of mine. He challenged yeah. me this a while ago because we do think a lot alike. He said, Mark. He goes, I have no doubt that you're present with your family, but do they have your attention? And, and I was like, dude, like my mind is always busy, you know? And it's not even, it's not even just right nature, but like, I, I have so many hobbies. Like I like to fix up old cars and motorcycles, mm -hmm. and, you know, like I had this shed in my backyard that I was remodeling. And so I would be with my family, my kids, and I'm thinking about a list of things I need to buy from Home Depot. And I'm like, I got to list this motorcycle on facebook marketplace hmm. and he was challenging me he's like man he's like you can you can be present but you can't always yeah. be there you know and so so you can still yeah. be out you might be holding their hand or carrying them from car to car totally. but are you really engaging them yeah totally and so i've been in this season where the lord has really been showing me that i needed to strip a lot of things away and yeah. so, man, in the last six months or a year, I've sold three motorcycles. I've sold an old car. I'm like yeah. trying to literally rid my life of things that take my attention. And, um, and it's been so freeing. Like I was just telling my wife the other day, I was like, I, I'm losing the desire for material possessions because mm -hmm. it's like the more I release and get rid of, the less I want. And, yeah. um, and, and I'm guilty of that. I mean, we live, so we, we have a fixed salary through the ministry. It's not a lot. It's 50. I, I make $50,000 yeah. a year, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. on a family of five in Florida is, you know, it's which a as a ministry leader by a lot of what you see out there in the world, they could be demanding what the CEO of this or that Probably, gets. You know? and, and, yeah. and in Florida, we're making it on that. And it's like, it's not like I have this ability to buy a lot of things, but I'm a selfish person. I'm always looking at what other people have and be like, Oh dude, I should get this. Or that would be sick to get this. And, and so I have to fight that. <laughs> um, and, and really try to bring that same conviction into right nature and, and into the ministry as a whole. And, and so we are, we are setting up the reason I was out in California with you is yeah. that we've got two, two guys. And uh, just to, this is just a testimony of God's goodness forever. You yeah. know, it was, Oh, if we're going to set up another location. I had talked to my wife. I was like, I think we would have to move there for a couple years get it established and then transition because I'm like in my mind and this is how prideful I am. I'm like, yeah, who else could do this? You know, it has to be us. And, and, but and it so, is your baby. I know it's the Lord's baby. I mean, it's all his ministry, yeah. but you are like, you could also hear the horror, horror story. Hey, Mark, how is ride nature 
Southern California do, and you're like, oh man, it so got it's sad. But so, so you're protective in a right I'm way. Protective because I feel like yeah. God has called me to be a steward of Amen. this thing. You know? I'm just I'm qualifying every little thing, you know, for Absolutely. those here and to yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, we keep coming out to California, which is where you know you and I are running into each other and we're yeah. hanging out. And each time I come out, I would leave and I would feel this sense of like I don't think I'm supposed to move out here. And so earlier this year in, wow. in 2022, I get two phone calls from two different men that I really respect and look up to. And they say, Hey man, have you ever thought about setting up right nature in California? And I'm like, yeah, we've <laughs> read a lot about it. And they're like, we feel like God's calling us to be a part of the ministry, but we feel like we're supposed to stay in California. So I started telling them, I'm like, man, our vision would be to set up a West coast range mm-hmm. of everything we're talking about doing. And, and so Julio Marin, who was a pastor for, I don't know, 15 years, 15 years been Calvary for seven years in Long Beach to the Japanese community as a missionary. Jake Kinney, who yep. was pro pro mountain biker for a long time, raced motocross, worked for Powder Mountain, which owns Woodward camps. He was the director of Woodward West. You know, like these guys are like, you know, Jake's in the late thirties, who's in his early fifties. They're like, dude, we feel like God's calling to be a part of this. And I'm like, dude, you guys are like way more qualified to do this than I yeah, am. They have deep resumes. They could go work oh. in the corporate world. I mean, running oh. Woodward, you know how many probably headaches that is a day, phone calls of kids, you know, jumping oh. in the bushes or falling in the lake <laughs> or parents. Yeah. And then, it's yeah, for the, for the whole Calvary side of that, I mean, that was a, that's a serious church and ministry. So then you're oh, raised yeah. up. So God then, because for listeners, again, I feel like since I'd say eight, nine, 10 years, whenever I connect with you, like, man, you know, there's just the Lord's put California on my heart so much. And not just because you're probably talking about it throughout the week, because there are so many ministries here, but for you to hear, I don't feel like I'm meant to go. And that yeah. isn't just a, pol- a political thing, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to be in Florida where you can still kind of do what you need to do in life. <laughs> um, yeah. But so anyway, these two men call you. The Lord's working in the practical because he's got to speak to them as well. I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, please let these guys say they want to be a part of this, you know? And mm. they come to Florida to visit. We hang out face to face. They see everything that's happening here. We say, man, our vision is that this would happen in, in California. They go back, they pray about it, and they come back to us like a month later. They say, man, we really think this is a yes for us. Like, we're all in. Mm. And, um, and so we start raising a little bit of money to give them as seed money. We ended up raising like $125,000 between two people. Yeah. We, we start a bank account for them. We get, we get their names in the account. It's going to just last them a little bit. You know, they're like, we've, we've been working through all of this, the budget for everything that they're going to do in California is going to be probably like 200,000 bucks a year. Yeah. And so like that 125 is going to go in like seven months. So yeah. we're, we're, we're at this place where like we need to create a donor base and it'll happen. Like at the end of the day, like it's yeah. all up to the Lord. Um, but, but, but pause on that for a second, help people yeah. realize, you know, when, when, Guys, I raise full-time support. I literally don't know what's coming in until Thursday, and I get a report through a nonprofit that I use, and then I know what's coming in. And people think, oh, well, you were a pro skater and this, this. No. So part of this thing that people don't often get is we are stepping out in faith and believing God will speak to other people, believing as evangelists because – yeah, we say parachurch ministry. We're all the church, but this is a parachurch ministry. You guys are helping facilitate the going forth of the gospel. I mean, even Matthew 24 talks about the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. So yeah. these men who could have full established jobs, which they did for years, yeah, yeah. are now raising support, trusting in you. 
And obviously it's the Lord, but this guy is going to be diligent, whatever. And stepping out of ministry, it isn't like a church salary where as long as the people give, you're set. This is you each month saying, okay, Lord. And you, I say that as a warning to people, but as an encouragement to say, you really do see what God does. I'm towards the end of the year. I haven't invited anyone to support in a while, in a sense. I've got a you know, 50% of evangelist focus, sadly, is often in raising support. These men step in. I think a donor gave close to 100,000, just one donor, huh? And then you got 25,000 there. And so so where are we in this? They're they're a couple months in. So they um, both started full-time in August. We have a a lease on a small little office space that'll start in October. Um, Between October and January of this year, they'll be trying to sign a lease on two houses, one for males and one for females. And then January... 2023 we would hopefully fill those houses with young people wow. who would be who would be being discipled and being committed and again we would you know we advocate and for anyone listening to this that that in order to reach the entire action sports community as a whole you're talking about hundreds of millions of people yeah it's not going to be with full-time missionaries and full-time ministry leaders it's with people who are yeah. willing to be bivocational which yep. means you're willing to work a full-time job and just do ministry in the evening, one night a week, even um, there's, you know, there's almost 10,000 public skate parks in the world. Our hope is that, is that because we're seeing so much yeah. fruit from being faithful at our skate parks. So we're like, man, we want to see this happen at every skate park in the world. Yeah. We need 10,000 people committed to going every week to the same night at the same park and just bringing pizza, paying yeah. for it themselves, not having to raise money because yeah. it's too many hurdles to, to jump through. And so the young people that we bring in through this, through the discipleship program is really saying, look, like you're coming hopefully to see what this looks like, but to leave here and start doing this in your community. But while you get a job at a coffee shop or skate shop or yeah. whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, we're praying that God's going to send, he's got to send the people who want to be discipled, yeah. um, which, which is hard. Like, again, in the action sports world, there's not this lineup of skaters who are like, yeah. please tell me about Jesus, disciple me. It's like yeah. most, most kids in the skate world, if anything, the Christians, even that we meet are like still like struggling with like, I want to be in the world. I, I don't know. want to fully surrender. And that was my life. Like I would, you know, most yeah. of my life I walked with the Lord but I was this internal battle from 18 pretty much to 24, six yeah. years of like, I want to still drink and party and smoke pot yeah. or sleep with my girlfriend because it's like, dude, it's just this, you know, like you desire yeah. the things of the flesh and you're not willing to say, all right, God, I'm going to literally surrender everything. Yeah. And, and that's who we're hoping to try to find is kids who are like, all right, dude, I'm serious. And I know they're out there. Dakota, your son is like yeah. one of those young guys who are like, yeah, I really want to serve the Lord. But those, those young dudes are few and far between. They're hard to find. And, and let me challenge people. Like I said, I just got done with second Timothy, Timothy's last words. You know, what is it? Second Timothy he's in chapter four and he's been imprisoned um, he's gone to court already. And as he's just speaking, he's just telling Timothy, you know, his beloved son in the faith, come visit me soon. And the next thing he says is Demas has bailed. Demas has abandoned me for his love of the world. He's gone to Thessalonica. And we hear that and we're like, well, we should just enjoy everything God gave it to us. But there is a love of the world. There's the parable of the sower where when that word comes and we hear, 
We can love the whale, that seed. It isn't on good ground. And likewise, what Paul is saying is this guy, Demas, was zealous. He heard the podcast. He said, ride nature. He said, the gospel. He said, I want to go live out this call, but the love of the whale. And here's the reality where we as Christians, if I'm a skater and the skate industry works a certain way, I've got to do it a certain way, or I've got to just do it God's way. And what am I saying by doing it only the skate way that I've got to go under the radar? And I get it being kind of like SEAL team and you creep in there and you're not the guy who's doing this and doing that. But if anything, when I look at the gospel that I see in the book of Acts, Paul just walks into towns and he's like a synagogue. Okay. Proclaims the gospel. He goes into places, proclaims the gospel and he leaves people there. So am I saying every skater, if you're trying to be fair, I mean, I was with him. Carlos Ribeiro last night, you know, rides a primitive, one of the most ripping, powerful skaters, gentle man. I see him around town all the time. He's a believer. Got his wife and his kids. I mean, for Jamie Thomas, you know, where Jamie is, how do you live into this? But what people need to hear for this generation is, guys, you don't need to depend on a skate culture, on a music career, on something you are manufacturing. Do that. Have a skate career. But when you leave out what the Lord wants to do with you, you're saying this is the only way it works. And that's not what the Lord does. When I was sitting with you guys in the coffee shop, I was encouraging you. I hope you realize we're not the cool Christians. I've always made fun of the cool Christians because the 300 pound dude with the Reese's Pieces cheesy Jesus shirts that you would <laughs> never maybe see a worship leader wearing. And yeah. he's probably telling me about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I was downtown last night with a guy who's got to be almost 55, 60, and they spin a wheel and hand out chocolate. And I am watching people. They say, answer one question about God, and we give you some chocolate. And so many probably pastors now go, what are they even doing? He's down there on a Tuesday night, and people come to faith over and over so and over. He does it all week. And I always challenge people. I went up to him, big hug. The other guy, love you guys. I would like to be down with the more if I wasn't doing the other stuff I'm doing. But I'm just saying that to say the whole cool thing and the vibe, guys, I get it. We got our style and whatever. But literally, the Lord, and that's a big deception. The Lord has things for you to do. If you were the most famous pro skater watching this, I mean, am I saying you've got to go to street league and rock, you know, Jesus is Lord and Savior in my life? Hey, if he's telling you to do that, but I'm telling you, do not hide the gospel under a basket. You start off with saying, let your light shine. That is it. Do not be ashamed of him. So anyway, a little bit of pastoral stepping on toes there oh, for us. Man. But guys, we got the truth. We're the chosen generation, royal priesthood. We are the holy ones set apart. We are the vessels of his righteousness. So Anyway, how many, how many people, I'll just ask you this, how many people yeah. were sharing the gospel with you as a skateboarder? Listen, honestly, and I want to be careful because, because you know, I'm not trying to say it to be zealous. I knew Lance Mountain was a believer and he pointed to God and Ray Barbie, you know, stopped me when I was going through literal like divorce and feeling suicidal and said, Brian, you should really, you know, get into the word of God, which I didn't even understand these terms yet. Dan Sturt, who's a very famous photographer that Jamie Thomas would know. He's the guy that shot all those photos of, you know, Jamie, the black and white, Jeff Rowley, and a lot of Arto stuff. He at one time when I was dating someone, not dating someone, but hanging out with some girl says, you know, you really want to get in the Bible and see what the Bible says. And then I think I knew Richard Mulder might have been a believer and heard Josh Harmony was. But when I came to faith, I went and witnessed to a lot of skaters 
And some of them literally said, I'm so convicted right now because I've always kind of been able, and I'm not talking about those guys, but a lot of people said, I'm so convicted right now. But, you know, I can't just say, well, that's because I'm zealous. I'm an evangelist. Guys, if you are in the skate world, you're called to reach skaters. I yeah. sat with Jake Phelps, sat with Cardiel, sat with, you know, on a flight back from Florida with Dennis Buzinitz. His His parents were missionaries. On the flight, just me and him had the conversations. Silas, Clint Peterson, everyone. So So, I'm not saying that's a prop of what we're doing, but I'm saying, guys, we can't act like the gospel isn't the good news. Everyone else is comfortable in the bad news. That is not good. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. It's all still lost. And the reason I'm asking that is, and the reason you're saying that is that nobody's sharing the gospel with these kids. Like, I mean, there might be a couple people, but dude, like, I mean, when when I'm from 18 to 24, yeah, living in the world, dude, who's no your example? Me sharing the gospel, you know. Yeah. So I, we look at you know like the churches, at least our community that we live in here yeah. in Florida, it is post Christian. You know, like there was just a big study done. The Barna, yeah. Dave, Dave Barna, George Barna, yeah, and, Barna and group. Our community rate ranked the top 20 most post Christian communities in North America, and it's because nobody's going to church. Yeah. No one has any interest in God. They don't have any biblical knowledge. Yep. And so it's it's going to continue to move in that direction. The, the skaters, the surfers are even more bent in that direction. We yeah. live in a world of total relativism of oh, whatever you think is cool. That's cool. You believe in that. Yeah. The movement of Buddhism, you know, within skateboarding or like, and, and I'm just anything saying, but like, Jesus. Jesus is mocked as the white guy who's got a gun, who's the American, who's more about the nation. And I and, say it every podcast. You got to be careful with this picture. But anyway, I want to say this and go on. When you go to art school, when you have a coach, you respect those men, even if it's, you know, the woman in the art school, because they're driven, they're encouraging you. How many people did you meet growing up that was the Christian guy or girl who was encouraging that you said, I see something in them? You probably didn't. It might have been counted on one hand, maybe. I didn't because of where I'm from. But that's what we're missing as Christian skaters or maybe surfers or snowboarders. You just being, and I get it, when you're 16, 17, 18, and you're like, you don't understand yet, you know, probably how immature we were, even at 25, 30. But that's what people got to realize, that discipleship, I mean, the apostles are probably what, maybe 20? We don't know, probably younger fishermen working for their dad. So you're saying you didn't see that. Yeah. You said we don't want to be the cool kids, but we do want to be significant in how we live this out. Yeah. You start off by saying, what, there's 10,000 skate parks in the U.S. or how many is there in the U.S.? Do yeah. we even know? Uh, I think like 6,500 in North America. Wow. So yeah. you're saying if you could fuel people to those parks, to places. Totally. And, and I love that you said, what was it, Papa John's or whatever pizza place? Little Caesars. Yeah. Caesars. I mean, yeah. Jesus ate bread, broke bread. Yeah. I mean, he's he always eating. <laughs> There's Peter in the boat freaking out like, Lord, I've denied yeah. you three times. Sees Jesus. Yeah. He's cooking some fish, you know? There so, you go, man. so yeah, we, we're creating strategies and, mm. and not even strategies. The strategy is pretty simple. We're just trying yeah. to create tools that will equip and empower people. We'll release them to do that. Um, the California base will be one other location that's doing that. We're mm. praying. Um, we've, we've got, 10 locations in the whole world that we're praying about setting up a permanent right nature headquarters. So, so one of those would be where Carlos, you know, in Brazil, you look at Brazil, dude, more action sports people in Brazil, probably than anywhere in the world. Like they do everything. Um, We'd love to set up a headquarters in Brazil. We just had staff in South Africa. Um, We'd love to have a headquarters that would focus on all of Africa as a whole continent. 
Um, we just had a team get back from Europe. They were literally, when mm. I was with you, they were in Bulgaria. I remember. They went, they went Spain. They were in Barcelona. They went Spain, Germany, Bulgaria. Dude, Europe is real ripe. And, and in fact, there's a lot of opportunities over there. Um, a lot of hurt and wound in Europe because people are like, what's happening to us? Totally. They don't know their identity. Totally. And please listen, guys. If you're listening, don't be like, oh, that's cool. Look what ride nature is doing. Be like, no. What is the Lord doing? You might go start your own thing, but why not just say, oh, I'm going to go get involved in this. I would love to meet people in two years that said, man, I've been wanting to meet you. I heard you and Mark. I got connected with Ride Nature. Who'd have thought that yeah. God used a podcast? And I would. I believe it. I know God That's uses what things like this. Is, man, when, you, when, when you asked me about getting on here, I said, you know, in that passage where Jesus says it's in Luke 10 too, he says the harvest mm -hmm. is plentiful and the words are few. He doesn't say go on the podcast and invite people. He doesn't yeah. say put out social media. He said pray <laughs> to the Lord of the harvest mm -hmm. to send out the workers. And so like I, we've been praying that. And then Amen. you say, hey, Mark, you want to be on? And like this could be a Answer prayer, prayer of, of the podcast, God using the podcast to lead somebody that says, hey, you know what? I'm from Brazil. I'm a Brazilian. I'm a Christian. Amen. I want to help start running. Well, right now we have we have the ability to really – to, to someone asked me this the other day, so what's the biggest need within the ministry? And I said, people, you know, it's for sure people. Like money yeah. is like, God has proven it. I've seen it time and time again in the last 13 years. He's provided the money whenever we've needed it. Yep. It's people that we, we're not going to like go start something without the people to run it. I'm not going to move my family yeah. to Germany or to South Africa. Like we want to find leaders that are from those areas that yeah. we can really, again, going back to this idea of empower them and say, look, we're going to serve you. We're going to work alongside you. We're going to replicate this model that we've seen God, you know, use and, and it be faithful. And, and, and we're going to, but we need you, you know, we need those people. And, um, yeah. And so looking at those places all around the world and, and someone just, I just on a call today this morning with a guy who said, Hey, what about Puerto Vierta, Mexico? You guys should set up a right nature base there. And I said, man, we already have a right nature base in Latin America. It's just in Nicaragua. We got to get the guys in Mexico to jump on a plane come to Nicaragua, we'll do the same thing we would there. And, and it's not that yeah. we don't want right nature in Puerto Vallarta. We're saying, dude, we don't need to be there. Like there's yeah, not a yeah. need for right nature to have 5,000 locations. We're just saying, how, how can we create these strategic yeah. headquarters that are going to focus on that part of the world and then raise up leaders. And then really in this, in this idea of sending them out and releasing them saying, look, like we're for yeah. you, we're praying for you. We're supporting you. You're part of this friend, this friend group now, this yeah. network. but like, you got to go link up with a local church and, and what we're really, we're stepping into this season and yeah. maybe God will call people to be a part of this, of, of actually saying there are communities where there are a bunch of skaters and a bunch of service, but there is literally no church. And we've gone there. I've been to Cuba now four times, like in Havana, there are churches, but they're maybe not like real friendly to skateboarders. They're very legalistic or they're too small. Or there's not enough space. Or they don't understand what we're talking about here. And so yeah. like we're looking at, at different places in the world, whether it's Pakistan or Japan or wherever, yeah. that, the, that there is an active action sports community there, but no church. And so through those headquarters, our hope and prayers that we're actually going to start to raise up church planters who mm -hmm. would come and be trained at those facilities and to say, look, I can't go back into this community and be a part of a church because there isn't a church. So, so we feel yeah. like God was saying, let's identify the people who God has called to plant churches and pastor. Let's partner with the church planning network, whether it's yeah. those guys or another ministry. And, and let's, let's come along those side, those people and say, again, 
skateboarding is a tool like dude yeah. you can go into morocco we've done a couple trips into morocco and bro get invited into a surfer's house the first day you meet him because yeah. he's like oh you're a surfer from florida oh like let's let's hang yeah. out and then you've got christian missionaries in morocco who have never been invited into a moroccan's home because yeah. it's like there's there's no common denominator. It's a religion. I tell people this: skateboarding is a you know religion, music, jujitsu, playing golf, whatever it is. It's just communities. Is what I mean. It's a system. It yeah. And you can go into these countries and immediately build these relationships. Like I don't speak Japanese, but I can become friends with a Japanese skateboarder in like ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, if I live here and I actually spoke Japanese, imagine how I could start to share the gospel, build relationships, and you pray. Yeah. That, that the word doesn't return void, like Isaiah says. Yeah. It's, at some point, we'll, we'll start to, the God's going to open their eyes and their yeah. heart. And, and then all of a sudden, a church is birthed by just being evangelistic in nature yeah. of saying, I'm going to go to this community, love on people, and see what God does. And um, and so <laughs> this is new. And really, that came out of, of really that time away on our sabbatical. Of yeah. Like, We've got to start going in. We can't always be a ministry that goes into places where there's churches. We got to start going to places where there's not churches. Yeah. Because the local churches should be evangelizing the people. Like a guy downtown was saying, there's a going to Africa, but there's a new generation of teens who are downtown that's parents didn't share the gospel. So they still need to hear. So it's continually yeah. a Both. going, but a, but a, a passive going as well. Yeah. Totally. And so we're just praying. We're praying, man. I'm praying right now, even that God is going to bring the right people to listen to the podcast. We're going to say, look, Amen. forget right nature. It's not about the ministry. It's about the idea and it's about the obedience. It's a landing and pad. Yeah. And, and, and what's so amazing is as the ministry is growing, there's just these resources that get to be shared. Like we have an accounting team who does all of our bookkeeping and all of our finances and all the payroll. And it's like, we don't even think about that anymore. And I'm just saying this, like, Somebody has asked me, a lot of people have asked me to say, if you, Mark, if you could have done it all over again, what would you have done different? Yeah. And I told them, I said, I wouldn't have started something on my own because it's yep. just so much work, you know, and you have yep. to jump through these hoops and figure things out. And I said, I would have just found somebody who shared the same vision as I did. And I would have just found them and partnered. Yeah. And, and, and so if we're trying to say like, look, dude, I, again, I don't want this to be about me or me as someone's boss, it's about co-laboring together and working together and sharing yeah. resources and saying, look, like, forget the name. We're just taking this concept and trying to use it to, to reach people. Yeah. And, and really saying, if we don't do it, then who else will? And I believe that God would raise up someone else to do it, but also like being really excited, man, that God is doing cool things. Like, like yeah. we're not far away. I, I, I know this because it's like I'm seeing it already play out. We're not far away from having a headquarters in South Africa, in Europe, yeah. in, in Asia, in the Philippines, probably. And because those those pieces are already starting yeah. to come together. Well, I can hear the vision. And I'm just saying you could have a guy in the Philippines whose dad is the biggest pastor and the kid's the renegade and suddenly comes to faith at 28. It's like, dad, I want to do this. And and. Yeah. Someone in the family could be, I mean, I'm being ridiculous, but could be a prince who's like, oh, I'll go fund three of these things. I mean, totally. God does all of that. And again, even you being this age, look, I travel, I go, I'll fly in and out of places. I mean, the most I'm going to be away probably from my wife because she doesn't fly a lot is to England just to go visit my family. Yeah. But I'm not going to be gone all these places. And I think even that's a God thing. Yeah. And you look at the age of the apostles again, I'm saying that, but 
at as you hit 30 and as you hit 40s, it is a good thing to release that because now you've got disciples in the home that you've got to raise up three teenage girls. I mean, that's a massive, you know, you said when you posted about them, I thought you were just going to say, pray for me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because, you know, three girls, it's a different conviction as well. But this should just stir up people to think, you know, God is doing so many things. We say that so much, but I feel like action sports really is the most, obviously, because time goes on, the most matured it's been. And I was going to ask you that, you know, what were some of the blind spots? But it is true. The accounting and the finances, I went and sat with so many people. My home church is telling me to you know, step out in full-time ministry. And so many people are like, you know, get a nonprofit. And so many said to me, Brian, you are not a 15-man team. You raise a salary, pay for flights so you can do podcasts. I can study. I can write. I, I mean, I'm doing all these projects. I sit with a lot of people and don't ask for anything, a lot of counseling, just engaging people. If I had gone and started a nonprofit and someone says, I want to support five bucks, I've got to go do the taxes on it, the accounting it, on it. It's and so people, much work. Man. It's so much work. And I'm yeah. saying, and like Brian Jennings said, who I'm going to have on later on, you know, we're going to connect. He said, do not have your list of what the nonprofit should look like. And it's 60 pages long because you had a lawyer help you do it. What are the principles? You know, ride nature this. Here's five points. Here's what we do. A general paragraph underneath that summarizes what this means. The board of elders understand. We gather together. Like if I was an elder, Mark, you've just pretty much, this was an elder meeting. You could say on this podcast that we just talked about or your board of members, what do you want to do next? Okay. Yeah. Let's affirm this funding here. Let's aff- And I love that you talked about, you didn't talk about the money part of it, but I want to talk about, you talked about the going part. And we always want to see God move, God do this, God do that. And normally it, it's a YouTube video where something radical is happening. And we're like, is that the spirit of God? Stepping out in a ministry and going somewhere and raising potentially $50,000 a year. And, you know, you're probably stoked you quit your job now. But back then, did you think you were going to see God move? Here we are, decades later, you've seen God move, and we're still seeing God move. And I have literally sat with the dean of universities, people who've stepped down from ministry. I'm so freaked out. I've got to trust the Lord. I'm like, you know, I've been trusting the Lord every month since 2013, never having a consistent salary. So have the faith, pray the prayers, believe, put your hand to the plow, go see what the spirit of God is doing. That is Christianity. That's only what it is. Ministry doesn't exist other than it's in people. Ride nature is because through you and a hundred other interns, the spirit of God moved. Ride nature is just a covering. Foolish podcast, just a place to land. So all of that anyway, I was going to say what's next, but you've kind of unpacked all that. (laughs) And what are you kind of like? No, no, no. I'm saying that to say like, I knew it would be such a natural conversation. We caught so much. So, So what else though? Any other thoughts? And we can pray in a little bit and encourage people. Yeah, we're just we're just trying to remain faithful. There's a the base down in Nicaragua. They're amazing. They're mm-hmm. uh, they've they've planted a church. They were the first ones to do that. Um, so we we intentionally set up. It was so cool, man. The very first city we ever went to in Nicaragua, San Juan del Sur. That's where the headquarters is. Wow. So like talking about full circle, coming back there and thinking about that very first trip. <laughs> but but we went there because survivor the tv show they had this yeah. they had the show based out of that city for three years yep and it influxed all this finances into the city which created tourism which created all these people coming in yeah. um, it was already a pretty popular surf community but there's no christian leaders there's no christian influence um 
it's wow. a cool little town, man. It's really, I, it has a special place in my heart. And, yeah. And so when we were praying about a headquarters for, for it's like a little like hub America, right there. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, dude, it, it, it almost looks like a little Huntington beach down there, you know, right on the coast. And, and so we were like, let's, let's pray about this. And we went down there and the biggest need right out of the gate, we were like, there's no Christian community. There's no churches. Crazy. There's one church about 20 minutes outside of town. And there's another one in the city, but neither of them, like, I wouldn't want to go. There's, there's differences in theology. There's maybe yeah. some bad teaching. And, and so we're like, there's not a really biblically based church. And so right out of the gate, we have six staff of right nature that are there. They just start meeting on Sunday on the beach and it grows from six to 20 to 30. And eventually we sign the lease on this other space that they're wow. meeting with now. And, um, and so they're, they're, they're doing church every Sunday. They do it on Sunday evening so that they don't interfere with the other churches. So they don't feel like there's like this conflict. Crazy. There. And, um, and so we're even in that, like, I'm like, I was just there Sunday, Sunday for the service, <laughs> probably like 40 or 50 people there. And I'm like, we're really asking the Lord, we're like, God, bring us somebody to Right Nature who has, like, we have Josiah who's on staff with Right Nature. He was a pastor for 10 years. You know, Julio was a pastor for almost 16 years. Yeah. We're like, but we're like praying that God will bring us somebody who has more experience in church planting and church structure, because we're like, not that we're trying to move in this Western model of like, oh, we need buildings and production and all this. In fact, we probably would be the opposite of that. We're like striving for like simple, you know, like yeah. no overhead. Um, but like there's this formation of when a church is planted, we feel like there's a yeah. bigger responsibility that comes with that of pastoring and shepherding people and teaching the word. And the Bible talks about how you're held to oh, yeah. when you're a teacher. And that we're like, man, this is kind of a whole new can of worms that we've never really, we don't, we don't necessarily, I personally don't feel equipped to be yeah. commissioning pastors and sending them out. So we're praying that God will send us a ministry that that's what they specialize in. This um, could be the next season because it is different to shepherd. Yeah. If my pastor today said, I'm stepping down, I'm doing this, I'll be like, hey, I'll fill the pulpit for as much as you guys need me. Totally. I have a very pastoring heart for the church. I, I, I talk to almost everyone when I go, you know, we have three services. I know everything that's going on with everyone. I'm just around people. You know what I'm like? I'm around people like that. But yeah. you need to have, if you're going to be the pastor in that city, Jesus was moved with compassion. You know, they were sheep without a shepherd. You yeah. you meet those needs. And, and I'm sure it could be someone that listens to this. And his daughter says, dad, listen to this or whatever it is. And they're suddenly over there. They see yeah. this picture of you, know, this new hub through Survivor that kind of <laughs> stared up people. You know what I mean? And, and population growth and God goes and puts a bunch of churches there through what ride nature is doing. Yeah. We're praying about that. What our role looks like within church planting globally, um, what that looks like for us in a community here in in Southwest Florida and in California, like how do we live in in a model that, that literally we can bring people in and say, this is what it looks like to live in Christian community so that someone can come back, you know, because it's like, I feel, I feel this frustration in America. Yeah. of most people go to church, they listen, they absorb, and then they leave. And it's so consumer focused. And then you read, you know, Ephesians and Paul's letters to the church. And he said, look, like the work of the church, the work of elders is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But yet how many of us as saints or as Christians are really being involved in the ministry? Equipped, trained. Totally. Instead, we just go and we consume. And so like, how do we live in Christian community where everyone can exercise their gifts and be involved yep. 
and not necessarily not go to church, but maybe, you know, go to church, but then come home and practice that in smaller groups. And yeah. So we're doing that, you know, in our own community now, like we're gathering people in our homes and, and saying, look, like this might not be a church, but this is a practice of being a part of the church. Is yeah. Living and being devoted to one another and practicing the one another's we see in scripture. Yeah. And, um, and really in saying to our local church and, and, and other churches too, is to say like, how can, how can this be a conduit to hopefully inspire you to, to not just have a church where people come and it's Sunday centric gathering and focus, but to yeah. say, we need to do this hand in hand with people living these things out. Yeah. Um, and replicate. And that really is what it is. The discipleship is, I mean, again, I say it, what was it like? It's Paul Barnabas. I mean, even John Mark, he says, send him to me. He was beneficial in the ministry. He got these Trophimus, you know, and I mean, there's just, just, there's so many people. And again, I've got to say that this, you know, it's funny. There's a surfer on the, on the um, shores of Hawaii, a known guy, you know, for years, Kai, and he's grown in his faith. I don't know when he started believing. We just connected online, but He'll just must send out these encouraging texts to people. We shared each other's numbers. And he just said, you know, it wasn't to me. It was just the general thought of the day. People can be enslaved to move a mountain for three months when the Holy Spirit can do it in three seconds. Oh. And and it's just, it's a simple thing. Is that what I'm reading in scripture? Well, yeah, the principle, what he's just saying is to encourage whoever he sent it to that day. We act like God can't do these things unless we move everything ourselves. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are missing out. I still am like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And it's normally whatever people hit me up to go do. I'm like, they're the church. I'm part of the church with them. But if they're doing this and I can go help and they're facilitating, that's how I look at the ministry you guys do. And praise God, it is so disciplined and it's got so much structure. And here you are sitting in a church office and there's all these interns now. And, you know, you and I can pick up a phone and call pretty much any level of anyone in any ministry and get feedback. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're Ride Nature. We're 13 years in. 100 interns are going here. How do I get help in finding the right shepherds in these areas? Mm-hmm. You have access to the, And that, that's how the church should be. You know, hey, Apostle Paul, what's going on? Things are falling apart. So any closing thoughts in that? And then I, I want to make sure everyone can... Get, you know, we'll put up all your info in a sec as well, but anything else? Some, someone said this would be the last thought. You mentioned Hawaii. And it made me yeah. think about some new friends that I met out there. And they said this yeah. to me the other day. They said, I'm going to try to remember how they said it, but they said something like the things that are born of the spirit, the Holy Spirit will maintain them. Yeah. But the, but the things that are born of our flesh, it takes energy and effort. Yep. And when they yep. said that to me, I said, man, I don't want to have to maintain things in my own strength you know? Yep. And, and so we're just praying that God will continue to birth whatever's happening. Breathe on it. Yeah. There was a void in Genesis filled it with the spirit. Yeah. Because when he does, he will maintain it. He will make it happen. We won't have to be like, Oh, how's this going to happen? I think about the famous missionary, George Mueller. That dude did so much stuff. Legend. This is like one of my heroes. And, and, and never asked for a penny, prayed for everything. And, and literally God has yeah. answered prayer to the specific. Yeah. Leonard Ravenhill. Same thing. Yeah. yeah you know, just wild. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, I want to operate in that. I'm, you know, I'm trying more and more to be like, all right, God, like we need this. All right. You got to do it. Like if this supposed to happen, yeah. you do it. If not, we will sit back and wait until the time is ready because I just don't want to be birthing things out of my flesh, you know, cause it's, that was what my old pastor said, you know, he would say, if you give birth to it, you have to feed it. And obviously Paul, you know, raised support and told the church, even scolded 
for how off the Corinthians were with all their misunderstanding tongues and lewdness. He's like, but you, they give, you know what I mean? They understand the call. So, but you're just saying that to say, yeah, I mean, there are so many young, it almost feels weird calling them missionaries because it's like, here we are on zoom or you got friends in Hawaii or wherever. Is it like the book of Acts completely, but they just didn't have the whole social media going around the world, but this is what it is. So how do people, you know, right now go follow you. And I say that because I love when guests get messages that are very personal, hopefully yeah. not 15 paragraphs, but someone heard something you said today, the Lord spoke to them. How do they get a hold of Ride Nature? Go through the list, yeah. Instagram, everything, and your yeah, stuff yeah. as well, if you could. Um, if anyone wants to message me personally, probably email is best. I would say social media, but man, I'm I would I'm trying to stay off social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I still get on. I pop on every now and then. But, <laughs> but Mark is just M-A-R-K at RideNature.com. And that's my email. I check it. It comes right to my phone. If you even want to text me, man, I'll, I'll send you my phone number. I'll put yeah, it on. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter. Um, but Ride Nature, it's just ridenature.org is the website. It's got contact information. It'll show the three. We have three locations now, one in California, one in Nicaragua, one in Florida. It's got the um, pictures of the facilities. Like You guys will be blown away. God is so good, man. Like You just go look at it, and you're going to be encouraged. Um, mm. Ridenature.org. Uh, any any message if you want to even just email me you can yeah but that's 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 the website that would be probably the easiest way social media handles are the exact same just right nature and mm-hmm. facebook instagram uh, i'd so. encourage people go over and share you know yeah. if you're a skater a surfer you haven't got to be the best in the world i mean there's a misconception of that you know people are like oh are you pro every time i speak about it like oh you must be pro and i'm like man i'm so far from pro <laughs> like you know it's it's not about that people think oh i got to be a professional athlete to do skate ministry no and i'm like you might have to be a professional athlete to have a lot of influence with professional athletes but not many kids are going to become professional athletes you know yeah. And, and yeah the world just needs people who love the sport we use this yeah. language you know, at Red Nature, when we're praying about people that, that can partner with us, we talk about culture, competency, and character. And, and, and character meaning like, dude, we need to find people who love the Lord, have Christ-like character. Competency is that they know the Bible in some way, you know, that they can mm-hmm. teach it. But then culture, it's like, dude, you just have to love the culture. You don't even have to be yeah, good in the yeah. culture. If you love yeah. skateboarding, you know, like, ideally, you're still getting on the board a little bit to roll around. If you love it, you'll do it. Yeah. But it's this idea of like, how involved in the culture are you? Yeah. Or do you just talk and, you know, about skateboarding? Or do you know anything about it? It's like, yeah. If you don't yeah. know anything and you don't even have a love for the culture of skateboarding, you probably won't be that influential. You'll stand out in a weird sense when you're not really interested yeah. in what that kid's into. A lot of ministry is almost answering, but helping redirect kids' thoughts to like truth. Like when I go in a skate park, I say it a lot. And kids will ask me about, you know, the craziness of the world. And then I'll bring up the Illuminati or the devil or the craziness. Yeah. And they're like, you know, what's up with this? This one rapper says this and there's a door. Totally. I'll lay it out biblically. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. Never th- I'm like, you believe all this stuff's real. You just don't put it back to the word. That's all totally. we're doing is, is attesting to the faith we have, seasoning it with grace, pointing to the yeah. Lord. So, but ride nature on all those things. And guys. I mean, I would love, like I said, I'd love to hear what God has done in the next five years based on what he's birthing in you guys right now, you know? So, um, yeah. Um, so would you mind, Mark? I mean, whatever else, last thing to say, but then just really praying for, you know, um, this vision for people, whatever's on your heart, just encouraging them, you know? And so, yeah. yeah I love that, man. <laughs>
Thank you. Of course. Close on prayer. Lord. God, we're just uh, so humbled that you would even choose us, that, uh, God, there's nothing that qualifies us to even be selected, that there's, we didn't earn your salvation. We didn't earn anything, God, that while we were sinners, you died for us. And that's the beauty Amen. of the gospel, that it's not about anything we do, that it's in grace alone that we're saved, Lord. And so we just thank you so much that you have saved us, that you have opened our eyes and our heart to know how great, how wide, and how deep is, is your love, Lord. And, and God, that you set a fire inside of our hearts, Lord, that we pray that we'll be in the same of others, that we want people, just like Paul writes in Ephesians, Lord, that we want other people to know that, God, yes, and that we God. know that you're able to do infinitely more than we ask or imagine. So, God, we just pray that you will continue to draw people to yourself, that you will continue to give us the opportunity to preach the gospel, Lord. How can people call on the one they've never heard? Mm. Um, Lord, that, that you have called us and invited us, Jesus, to be a part of opening our mouths and proclaiming the good news and preaching the good news. And we know that faith comes from hearing. And so, Lord, I pray that you will give us opportunities to speak mm. the truth of who you are, um, the, the truth yes, of the gospel, that it's in you, it's in Christ alone, through grace alone, by faith alone. Lord, um, God, I pray that you will continue to raise up people that, that we do feel that the harvest is so plentiful, Lord, that the, the growing community and people a part of, of surfing and skating is so big, God, that we are asking you to send more people to be a part of it. Lord, we pray for every skate park in the world that there will be Christian influences that are there, that there'll be someone that's there, that kids, when they're, they're struggling with suicide or addiction or, or abuse in their home, that they can go to somebody to ask for help, Lord. And God, we pray that you will continue to create a revival within the skate community, Lord. I'm so encouraged just hearing about the uh, those that are that you have given a power of influence in and a voice within the, the, the community of, of action sports, Lord, and their boldness to want to continue to speak about their faith more and more. Lord, we thank you for the guys in Huntington that are spinning the silly wheel and giving out candy, Lord, that I pray that we mm. will die to ourselves and not worry about what we look like or what people think, Lord, that, that we will just share um, when you give us the ability to with every person that has an ear that's willing to listen, Lord that you will help us to just be real and authentic because we've experienced it in our own lives. And we know that it is so real that we can't help us speak about it. Lord, um, pray that we will uh, just continue to, uh, from, from an overflow of our heart, Lord, we will share with others that we will never operate out of this feeling of like uh, a need to do things for you, but that we will seek you first, that we will uh, love you with our every bit of our being with our heart soul mind and strength lord and it'll be from that power yes. from the power of your holy spirit within us lord from you filling us that we will overflow to the world around us lord help us yes. not to give birth to things in our flesh lord but help us to just um, be obedient in the spirit lord help us to hear your voice so clearly yes, pray for every person that's listening to this podcast or will listen to this podcast yes, lord God. that if you're calling and convicting, if you're stirring their heart, Lord, help them yes, to continue God. to press into it and not to ignore it, to not go back to all the distractions of the world. I believe that the enemy is trying to keep our eyes off of you. He wants us to keep our eyes on social media or on material possessions or on making things happen in our own yes, effort, God. Lord. And I pray that we can just keep focused on you, Lord, that we will hear your voice, that we will quiet the things around us, whatever is loud and distracting, Lord. I pray that Amen. you will just help us 
hear your voice. And when we do, Lord, that we will, you will give us the strength to be obedient, surround us with people who will encourage us to do so. And we'll walk out in faith, Lord. I pray that as you open up doors, we'll walk through them. And God, I pray that if we're opening doors that aren't the doors we're supposed to go through, God, that you'll close those. And yes, we ask all those same things for right nature, Lord. Again, we mm. just continue to ask that you would lead and guide and direct everything yes, we do, Lord. This is not our ministry. It's all for you and in you and through you. Yes, and it's um, it's nothing short of, of hopefully giving you the glory in all things as people see the things that you have done through Yes, God. Through a vision that you put on my heart and, and through parents who instilled values that, that God mm. uh, were no doubt a part of the roots of this thing that is happening now, Lord. We pray yes, for God. the desire to see headquarters of the ministry placed in strategic parts of the world, Lord, and, and the idea of yes, bringing God. people to a space where they can live in community for a season to be discipled and raised yes. up and sent back out. Lord, we pray for staff that are needed to do that. God, we pray for the funds that will be needed to do that, Lord. We pray for uh, the desire to see the church established everywhere, Lord, that that's the ultimate goal of what we're doing is that people will come to know you, to have a relationship with you, Lord, Lord. and then live in community, which we know is the church, and that you would raise up the people who are called and gifted to shepherd and teach and lead and guide and direct them. We can live as the church in communities, planting churches and and, and multiplying churches and Lord, so we pray that in the areas that we're going, that you're calling us to, that there aren't even people who are, are gathering. There's maybe one or two Christians in a, in a community, but they have no community, Lord. And, and so, God, we pray for them. We yes, pray Lord. for all the remaining trips of this year. We pray for uh, the work that's happening, even downstairs, uh, being able to sit in an office above a coffee shop and surf mm. and skate shop, Lord, I pray for every person that walks in the doors that yes, they will, God. they will not just see this cool little space, but they will, they will recognize something different in it. And Amen. they'll say, what is this? Why do you guys do what you do? And we will get to be a light in our own community through that. Yes, Lord. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we know that the harvest is plentiful, Lord. We know that you are a big God. You own a cattle on a thousand hills, Lord, yes, that there's God. nothing too big for you to do. No objective, no dream bigger mm. than what you can accomplish, Lord. And so we just pray that with, with humility, yes, Lord, Lord, that you will keep our hearts humble. You will keep us focused and fixed yes, on you, Lord. We will continue to be led by you. And that, Lord, if any of this vision is supposed to come to fruition, God, that you will make it happen. And we will praise you mm. and glorify you through it. And, um, mm. yeah, Jesus, we just thank you for everything. And yes, in God. In your mighty name, we pray. We thank you for Brian mm. and the Foolishness <laughs> Podcast, Lord, that it is so foolish, the things that we're doing. Um, especially using skateboards and surfing and yes, bikes, you know, it's just uh, in the world's eyes, it's weird, but, um, but God, that you're using it for your glory. So thank you for Brian's family. Very mm-hmm. thing he's doing, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And guys, I hope that you've been baited in and had that, that here's to goofy, we'll say guys who didn't know what their purpose identity was, who thought they were cooler than thou, you know, in the world. And you've listened to this conversation. You've heard what God is doing and not because of us, but in us. And he does it in all his children. And I hope you've realized that this all begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ, as Mark just said. And we enter that by nothing we have done. We could probably do a podcast about Calvinism. Some of the things you just said, amen. But I'm saying that to say, 
We're born into this world in sin and need of rescuing. We're already guilty because we've already sinned. And now God has sent his son, Jesus, 2,000 years ago. We freely can have this gift. His blood was shed. He died and rose again, proving he defeated the grave. I didn't know this till I was 20-something. Mark was raised around it. But I came to faith and God changed and transformed me and my life. Did the same for Mark and can do that for you. Whether you are strung out, suicidal, or the greatest person ever, obviously outside of Christ, you still need Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. And so we thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for you guys all listening. Mark, thank you for your time today. It's been amazing connecting. I just love hearing that much of the vision because we're normally in and out when we're doing stuff and just we've captured that right here that people can hopefully listen to and say, I get what this crew is doing, what the Holy Spirit's doing. Thank you for being on. For those who are listening, if today's the day, hope you put your faith in Jesus. Hope you repent. Hope you tend to him. Hope many of you become missionaries and go and serve at Ride Nature. Because as Mark even said, 1 Corinthians 1.18, the Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. This is all ridiculous, stupid, wasteful. Why do this, guys? Unless we've been saved and redeemed and the goal now, the heart, is to see people come to faith. So God bless you guys. Thank you all so much, Mark. Love you, brother. Hey, guys, go over, check out Ride Nature, and thank his wife when you meet her for saying, honey, you can take some time off work. And Lord, <laughs> you were good and faithful. BrianSumner.net for more. Thank you for those who partner. In Jesus' name, we're out. Amen. Love you, man. <laughs> you too.